Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Phil Drysdale Show. It has been a while. Uh, gosh, like seven weeks, I think it has been. Maybe six, seven, eight weeks even. Um, I have been surviving. I don't know about you. Um, hopefully you've been surviving. Hopefully your life does not revolve around the existence of this podcast. Um, but hopefully beyond that, you have been doing well. You have been enjoying life. You have been enjoying your deconstruction process. It's been a weird year, eh? 2021, we were supposed to be over 2020. Feels like it's just been a whole host of other stuff. Um, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot. I've been going through quite a big, intense burnout. Um, a lot of different factors into that. Some are coming together. Some I'm kind of feeling like I'm coming out on the other side. Other things um, have come up as well. And yeah, it's just a, a weird season to be alive. Um, working through my own trauma. I've got a bunch of different stuff that the doctor's referring me for. Um, and so, yeah, mental stuff, physical stuff, I've got a lot going on. And so I appreciate you all, um, your patience, your kindness, your lovely, warm, uh, encouraging thoughts and um, healing thoughts and all of that different stuff that you've been sending my way. Um, I just really appreciate it all. But I am excited to do some podcasts. And so I sat down this week with my friend, Deconstruction Girl. We will not go into any more details on her identity. You can try and piece that together from our conversation. Um, I'm sure a few detectives might be able to piece it together based on uh, some of the bits and pieces that she talks about in this episode. Um, but we had such a fun conversation. I'm really pumped to be back doing podcasts. I love doing this. I love being able to chat with people. Um, it's just been really hard. The time difference for a lot of America is eight um, hours. At the very least, it's five hours. Um, and that can make it really hard, especially because I used to do most of my podcasts gone midnight much later. Um, and that's been a bit harder for me with health, with my mental health. We've just got a little puppy. It's a lot harder to be talking loudly in my office without waking up the puppy in the middle of the night. And so all these different things have all come together um, to make uh, it a bit harder to do podcasts. But I'm starting to put them together again. And so hopefully we'll do them maybe not weekly straight away. I'm going to try and work my way up to that. But you'll certainly um, have more of these podcasts popping up on your app um, in, in the future. And so, yeah, that's enough about me, enough of an update. Um, as I said, I really do hope you're doing well. Gosh, I hope you guys have been doing better than I have in the last couple of weeks. I've definitely been struggling uh, at times, but it's been really great to be connecting with you, chatting with you on Instagram. I'm still very much present there. I love connecting with you all. I love chatting with you in my DMs. So if you ever do need to chat with someone, I'm there. Just fire me a DM. I'm at Phil Drysdale. Um, if you want to support what I'm doing, uh, this is still very much a full-time job for me and I don't do it for any money. I, I do it completely free. Everything I do is free um, and I survive entirely on the generous donations of people um, that become monthly patrons or partners. You can do that at patreon.com slash phildrysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner. Um, and for supporting me with this, just as little as uh, five bucks a month, you can give me a million dollars a month if you want, but five bucks a month is, is the uh, minimum there. And, and by doing that, you get access to an amazing uh, private community. We do online Zoom chats and audio chats and different things like that. We just actually had a UK gathering at my house last week. That was really fun seeing um, so many of the people we've been chatting to on and off um, over the last uh, couple of years and, and really getting to know people online. It's amazing to be able to see people in person. And I'm hoping to do a US gathering at some point, maybe rent a huge big house and have people get together and hang out and be, uh, I don't know, 
friends, just hanging out, having fun. Um, it was really great here last week. Um, we're doing a Zoom next, uh, this weekend. So if you're listening to this as it comes out, you might be able to catch that. We're, we're doing a Zoom on Saturday. Um, but if not, we do those every month and, and that's a great um, thing as well. And so, yeah, if you want to support me, that's how you can do that at patreon.com slash phildrysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner. Um, as always, check out the deconstructionnetwork.com. It's a free resource. It helps you connect with other people that are deconstructing. And exciting news about the Deconstruction Network, we're about to launch our second survey, um, at which will basically round off our initial study. Um, and so the second survey looks at more um, components of who you are and your your faith and your deconstruction and paired with the initial survey will give us a great rounded view of who are people that deconstruct and what um, uh, what made some who they are and, and, and we'll be able to put together some really interesting data and so it should be live next week I'm gathering some beta testers right now and so hopefully I'm expecting it to go live about mid next week and so you can check that out at the deconstructionnetwork.com slash research um, and it would be amazing to have you involved with that. You'll, you'll need to do the initial survey and then you can do the most recent survey. Um, the beauty of the type of um, data we're collecting is it builds cumulatively. So as you continue to do surveys, they only come out once a year, um, you're gonna be building a, a huge wealth of data for us to be able to look at so that we can talk about really important things when it comes to deconstruction. You know, deconstruction is the sort of thing that people do not really know much about. And we throw around statistics, we throw around ideas. Pastors talk about how people deconstruct because they just wanted to sin or people deconstruct because of this or that or anyone that deconstructs is just an atheist or they just didn't believe in God enough. And, and it's all their opinion you know, you and I probably know very well, having talked to enough people that have deconstructed and also knowing ourselves, that most of the things that get thrown around about people that deconstruct is bullshit. It's just, it's total crap. And the beauty of what we're doing is we're starting to build these amazing data points, you know, so like we could do from our initial survey, the end of 2020, we were able to say things like, oh, do you know that people that deconstruct, 34% of them stay in church? Um, or the longer they are deconstructing, the less likely they are to be in church. That drops down to about 15% over the years. Um, and so we can point to these different metrics and I'm really excited to be able to talk to um, you know, press and different people and give them actual data so they don't just go to some fancy Christian celebrity and go, could you tell us who are people that deconstruct? They can go to an actual um, research organization that is gathering data through a proper method where we're overseen by a research company here in the UK. Um, and so our methodology is going to be solid and, and the way we do things is going to be really well done. We're hoping to get published in the future. We'll be peer reviewed. You know, it's going to be properly done. Um, and so anyway, all that to say, it would be great to have you involved with that. And so if you would like to support what we're doing and help create a, a, a accurate narrative on what deconstruction is you can fill it the 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 survey it should be live like i said next week you could if you haven't done any of them before the the first one is still live you, you will need to do that anyway and so you can do that at the deconstructionnetwork.com slash research and that really helps what we're doing um i can't stress it enough the, the surveys take maybe 10 minutes you're, you're basically committing to about 10 minutes of your life once a year um, and so there's not a huge uh huge time commitment uh by any means it's all multiple choice it's fairly brain dead work um you can kind of just click 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 um some of the questions you might have to think a little bit more about it might 
ask, you know, what year did you start beginning to deconstruct? And if you've been doing it for a while, you'd be like, God, what year was that? Um, but generally, it's, it's a very simple process and it, it would be really great to have you involved with that. I'd really appreciate um, your support in that way. It makes a huge difference in being able to tell your story. Um, you know, we, I really have a passion to tell the story of people at Deconstruct because I, I've talked to thousands of you. I know who you are, but to be able to point to actual data and say, no, this is who they are. They're not like this. They're not like that. That's just a, a trope that's been thrown around. It's not actually true. Um, that's going to be amazing to be able to do. Anyway, enough rambling from me. Let's dive into the conversation with Deconstruction Girl. Cool. So I'm good to go. Whenever. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So I saw you actually posted uh, like saying, is, is there anything you want us to talk about? Did you get some people reply to that? I did. Um, okay. Some people said some of them were one of the things that I thought would be interesting to talk about in that I have not done this thing that they were asking about was um, how did you come out to your family you know, as deconstructing or as atheist or whatever? Cause I kind of lean atheist now. Um, I try not to push that too heavily on my account because I think it could isolate some people and I want sure. everybody to feel welcome. Um, and it's just a big, scary word. If you were raised in a high control religion, like right. it's just the dirtiest word you could possibly say to anyone, you know? Yeah. Um, but some people, yeah, they just were like, well, how did you, you know, come out to your family and tell them about mm. all this? And I'm like, I'm not telling anyone right. you know i mean like I, and that's I, a good I, thing to talk about anyway the fact that you don't necessarily have to and stuff so we can definitely go that's yeah that's what i was thinking so, um sure. somebody said uh just maybe mentioning the the number of responses that i get when i ask questions about traumatic experiences and the and the crazy racist homophobic things that they say from the pulpit um i mean some of these churches that you would just think are you know, you look out on the outside and think, yeah, yeah. it's probably a pretty regular normal, normal church. Yeah. yeah. Just... And it turns out maybe actually, yes, it is a regular normal church. Maybe we just need to redefine what regular normal churches are. <laughs> right. Um, cool. Cool. Um, that's interesting. Okay, cool. I'll yeah. maybe even keep that in. So like if people are listening, they already have a taster of what's coming, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. yeah. <laughs> cool. We can, we can go through anything else that comes up, but, um, Cool. Yeah. Do, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to people? I know that you're kind of trying to keep this covert kind of, um, uh, <laughs> you know, edge to, to you because you have this public platform and, and a lot of your family aren't aware of what's going on and other people. Yeah. But um, can you give us like a rough overview? Uh, I Obviously, the more detail you give, the more people like the detectives yeah. out there will start working at. Um, I'm sure no one's <laughs> there with a notepad and pen. But uh, <laughs> yeah, do you want to give a, a rough overview of who are you? Like, and why are you doing this account? Like, like what's led you from where you were to, to here? That's a great question. <laughs> do I know the answer? Um, I, so I guess I'll just start with a little bit of my background. I'm, I'm from a, a very small town in South Louisiana, um, outside of a bigger town. I, I probably am going to out myself in that way because I do think at some point I'd like to mention the name of the church that I came from. Um, and I don't think they deserve to have the secrecy that a lot of people have given them because they're very mm. powerful, but they don't have power really over me anymore. Um, because I'm out of the city, my family is all out of the church. Some people don't have that privilege, and I recognize that. Some people, they just have to say, yeah, and go along with everything because they could, you know, they could, I mean, I've heard stories of people who, you know, their their spouse or they are in, they're a staff member at the church. Yeah. 
or they rent a house from someone who, you know, attends a church that they, and they can't, I mean, quite literally just can't say anything. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, so it was a very, it was a mega church in the time that mega churches were not really a thing. So even in the late eighties, early nineties, we had thousands of people in the congregation, which was a little bit unusual for that, for that era. You know, I think that's more come into popularity now, but um, it was very, I mean, purity culture was a huge part of it. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just such an insane experience to, because, you know, you're in it when you're in it, you can't really see (laughs) all these crazy levels. Um, just a really high control environment. So it was Mm. cultish in the way, like there are things that it kind of ticks a lot of the boxes of a cult, you know, there were, um, and some people that I knew who went to other churches that like believed similar things didn't have these, um, hallmarks of a cult, like my church did. So it was very, um, you were absolutely in or out. There was no gray area. If someone left, it was your assumption and everyone's assumption that they were going to hell basically like sure. to put it very frankly um and then of course every other denomination anybody who was conservative you know like uh i guess mainline is that the word mainline Protestant? yeah 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 um were they know, much more evangelical then aliens. oh yeah 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 i should have mentioned that <laughs> um no, yeah it was it was very charismatic church yeah. um lots of you know loud music and lots of and baptism was really important it actually had baptist roots um and then it sort of moved into non-denominational and but the the thing that was sort of i mean i don't know that you can ever have a really good institution if one family runs it with no accountability <laughs> and that was the situation there um but yeah so i came from a really high control church my dad was the, and this is the part i have to be a little bit careful about um my dad was a political pundit conservative political pundit he commented on everything he was published in newspapers he had a radio show like very conservative radio show on a christian radio network that lots of people knew him he was a lawyer and so he would do like pro bono work for you know um operation rescue which was a um anti-abortion activist (laughs) if you want to call it that group um in the 90s they would stage like sit-ins and all of this kind of stuff my sister was actually arrested when she was like 18 for protesting at at an abortion clinic um, our views, both of us have completely changed on that by now, but, um, very, it was, that was the pro-life movement was the big thing at that time. So that sure. was, the church was really wrapped up in that. Um, and we were too, I mean, I just have pictures of my brothers and I holding signs for, you know, like anti-abortion signs and stuff. Wow. And so we, they were from a very young age involved in that. Um, my dad ran for, um, office in my state and, you know, all on these conservative, so you can sure. I'm just trying to paint a picture like it was, you know, there was no other. You were in deep. Oh, really deep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I got out of that when I was a teenager, late age teenager. Uh, my dad had sort of stopped attending church at that point. Little did I know that he was living like a whole sort of other life, which I guess is kind of a classic story. <laughs> like, you know, he was like, <laughs> he was an alcoholic and we didn't know. And he was like, you know, he was doing less than honorable things and all this kind of stuff. And, Mm. um, so 
he stopped attending church and I kind of bounced around a few different places. I ended up going to a Christian university for a year. Um, and that was in Tennessee. It's called Lee university. Um, and it is a, so it's a Christian, it is a university. It's not just like a little, you know, Bible college kind of thing, but, um, but it was very, also very high control. You know, you had to go to chapel, you couldn't all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then, um, after that, just kind of moved back home. Anyway, ended up in the city where I am now. I live in Texas and I went to a church here for a while and I'm probably going on about this too long, but basically, you know, I had a, I had a long withdrawal from Christianity. It was not, a, mm. it wasn't a, it was very slow. I, I was in the church for years, even after I saw all the problems with the institution itself. Um, and then, but I've been out of church for about 12 years and a lot of people don't know that. So it's been right. quite a while that I haven't been in church, but that whole time I was an evangelical Christian. I still believed all the same things. Mm. I still voted like them. Most of the time I had kind of gotten more centrist, you know, um, in the past five years or so, but, um, and that's kind of why it bothers me when people say, you know, oh, you just got hurt by the church. And it's like, well, no, I was hurt by the church and I left the church because I didn't like it. And I was still, I still believed everything. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but this, it was this spring. So like June, May, June of uh, 2021, I just, it just all started to boom. Like I, I had, I had been having some doubts for a couple of years before that. And then this year it was, a, it was, I can name the day. I mean, like it was just, wow. there was a day where I was like, you know, and I was just like in okay. tears, like this is, I don't believe any of this anymore. Like I just, it all just. Was there a particular came. catalyst? Was there a particular thing there, that sparked it all? There was. Um, and it's sort of an odd thing because it didn't, it wasn't something that had affected me directly, but this church that had abused, you know, it been in the institution. My, one of my siblings had been abused sexually and uh, my other sibling, my sister, had been abused, I would say psychologically, I can tell that story if you want, but um, it was a really horrible circumstance. Um, this, you know, and that was in the 90s. Years later, 2021, this article comes out about the church. They have had, um, there's this big lawsuit that they're, they're, there's been a lot of abuse in this one um, program that they had. It was a kind of church where they would have lots of different, you know, ministries and outreaches sure. and all those kind of things. So this was actually like a, um, like a youth mentoring program and they had been just abusing children. I mean, not children, you know, of course they were underage. They were teenagers. They, sure. I would say that's children. Um, but they had, you know, some of it was racist abuse using derogatory, you know, and slurs at people who were, they were supposed to be mentoring, um, divide, like pitting people against each other. There's reports that they had fight nights where they would make the, these people fight, eat these, kids fight each other. Um, and I just, this family, I, that checks out with what I knew of them, the family that runs the church. And, um, for some reason, when I read that article, that was it. I don't know why it was just, Mm. it was just for some reason, it just told me this is what this is. You know, and for some reason, it all just, it sort of all the slots kind of fit together. Like, this is not necessarily an isolated thing. And I think that Christianity in general might be a little bit abusive. Mm. 
and I know that's a really, really unpopular opinion with a lot of people, but it, it was weird how it all sort of, okay, maybe, maybe God is abusive. You know, maybe the God of the Bible is abusive. Maybe the idea of hell is abusive or even mm-hmm. not hell, even if you don't believe in hell and you believe that, you know, people are going to be separated eternally from their families and from God who they have the choice to, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go too far into that right now, but it's just like, uh, you know, I, for some reason that was it. And I was, it was that same day. I was just like, I called my sister and I was like, I just don't believe any of this. Like, I don't know what to believe. I don't. Um, and it just kind of unraveled from there. So it's amazing, isn't it? These like these moments where everything changes on a dime and yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's terrifying. And even like you throw away a statement, like, Oh, they had like, you know, like fight nights and that adds up of what I knew about the leaders of the church. And I'm like, there's, there's a moment where you're like, <laughs> if you read about a church holding fight nights and you go, yeah, that makes sense. That's not okay. Right. There, there's, there's been some stuff here just sitting in the background of like, Oh, you knew some shit was going on. Like, yeah. or you know that these people That's were not point. good people. Like, no. for you to go, uh, yeah, I'm really upset about that, but that makes sense. Like, I often say to my like people that talk to me, they sh- I mean, you get so many uh, such a broad spectrum of craziness uh, of people's yeah. experiences, the stories, the hurt, yeah, the pain I'm they've sure. been through, and I'm always sitting there going, I'm so. Um, shocked every time at just how awful the experience people have had at the hands of people that that they were loving and gracious and kind and merciful and yet every fucking time i'm not shocked at all like there's this there's this double component where i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe you went through that and also at the same time like but actually i have zero reason to doubt that you went through that and i know of course you went through that like absolutely it's this weird thing in me that still feels this like recall yes a recoil from it like just like oh whoa that's horrible that's horrifying but... i'm so sorry but yeah yeah you're not alone like you know yeah um, yeah it's yeah. it's it's just so heartbreaking and you know you've had these terrible experiences your family have had these terrible experiences yeah. and it's such a trope that it's like oh you had a bad experience and that's why you left it's like no no we've been through some shit and we doubled down on this. We, yes. we believed we were here yes. for it. We were in, we, we had faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, Absolutely. it's such a frustrating thing to hear people going, Oh, you just, you know, you never really believed or uh, you were just hurt or whatever. And it's like, oh let me gosh. tell you, I never believed. I, yeah. that's the, that's the one, you know, when people say that, it's just like, you can't really no, you can't really go anywhere from there. You're like, okay, yeah, that's what you want. Exactly. You don't, you don't my, want to believe my, you could ever be me. Fine. <laughs> my know? go-to is just replying, okay, and that is it. Just yeah. like, okay, sure. I usually okay. say, okay, buddy, because it makes people <laughs> angry. But, <laughs> um, oh, I yeah, it. I mean, the the that is such a good point. The fight nights, you know, and of course that is a shocking thing in itself. It's a shocking phrase. That's the first mind, one. That's you know. that, I've been doing this a long time and I've talked to thousands of people and I don't think I've come across fight nights yet. That's, that's I a think unique that one for me. People will be able to, uh, Google that one. That will not be, it will yeah, be, it can't be that common, right? No, I don't, I hope not. You <laughs> never know. Again, right. But <laughs> on some level, I won't be too surprised. God damn it. No, but, uh, yeah. I mean, and the reason, one of the reasons I said that was just because, you know, and I'm really getting into some stuff that this is a little uncomfortable to talk about because I do sure. worry about these people are really, really powerful in my hometown, really powerful. Um, 
but they were bullies, you know, this, and, mm-hmm. and everybody has this sort of, um, view of the pastor's kid that they're, oh yeah, they can be a certain way or they can be, you know, sometimes I feel like I've heard they're either golden, you know, the golden child, or they can be just like a holy terror, <laughs> pardon the pun. Um, but, uh, they were, they were bullies. These, these people were bullies and uh, kids, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against them. If you're a kid and you're in a, who knows what your home life was like. And right. I know that they were getting, you know, a, you could call it, uh, whoopings <laughs> you know, like that's what they would call it there like your parents would whoop you or whatever that's not really what we called it but in my hometown that would be the proper uh term and you know they were crazy controlled by their parents but they yeah. grew up to be you know once you're an adult you're an adult and and uh I just was not really surprised that they would be that they would feel the entitlement to yeah. to manipulate people in that way and to yeah. make it seem like because all of this, remember, is under the guise of mentorship. Yeah. I mean, I think I can just let that lie. Like I, all of that that I mentioned and the slurs and the division pitting kids against each other was under like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure I can think of eight different ways they would say it, you know, that, oh, well, Christ was persecuted or, oh, you've been, you know, well, this is what it's going to feel like when you're separated from, you know, or if you're um, out in the world, you know, you're supposed to be different or it's a battle or, you know, all those things. I can just yeah. hear it, all the crazy things that they would say, but yeah, I mean, and I, so one of my siblings, I'm going to try to be as careful as I can explaining this. One of my siblings was sexually abused and the head pastor who is the father of these people who were staging the fight nights, <laughs> um, and who led this program who were too young really to have they shouldn't have had that kind of power. Right. Anyway, that's an aside. The power to hold fight nights definitely is reserved for 40 plus, I would say. You know. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, there's a there's definitely an age. There's somewhere you know, there's a line. There's I, don't, a I don't know if I've got a line anywhere <laughs> on my spectrum of age, but someone somewhere is drawing a line. We'll ask Chuck Palina. We'll um yeah, but uh whenever that came out and my parents approached the head pastor who I think I mentioned just had no accountability. I mean, they may have had a board, but they were all totally beholden to him and their whole lives, you know, depended on like him having favor uh, or them having favor with him. And so his solution was to, he, he, I guess maybe was following something that he believed was biblical, where if you have a problem with someone, you go to them and like discuss it and you fix it. I don't remember the hierarchy because I've been out of church too long, but it's right. like the first thing is you go to the person. Yeah, the second yeah, yeah. thing is you go to the person with a, you know, a leader or a friend or whatever. Well, the pastor's solution to my sibling being sexually abused was to sit them and their abuser down in a room and just have them discuss what they're, you know, to forgive for my sibling, to forgive the abuser. That wasn't, that had to be on the table, um, to just discuss it and, you know, how they were, I I'm guessing maybe there was a little bit of a reprimand, like, you know, going forward, or I, I don't even know, but this person was in children's ministry and stayed there for years. He stayed there for years. The worst. Yeah. And so, you know, I, my mother who has passed away now 
a, you know, maybe six or seven years ago approached my sibling and was like, I handled that wrong. I mean, but this is, I'm talking 20 plus years right. after it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I handled that wrong and I would like to pursue legal action if we can. And the statute of limitations, you know, had passed. And, um, but it's just, you just go, what, what was your mental state within this institution that you felt like that was the okay thing to do for your child? Some people don't know that it's going on with their children, you know, sure. and that's yeah, one yeah. thing. But to know, and then, but he was there, the pastor was their leader and he was, yeah. he was the person yeah. you went to for everything. I want to buy a house. I want to change my job. I want to, you know, I want to go to this university and you would go to the pastor and, you know, Run it get by his them. approval yeah. or Absolutely. get, yeah, totally. So, yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, it shows the, the level of, um, there's this component within church of this creating a distrust of the world, creating a distrust of worldly systems, creating this concept that um, we, the church, provide everything. We, the church, can fix everything, you know, because God is, you know, he fixes everything. It's always you run it through yeah. God. And I get it. You know, if you have a system of faith that gives you peace and and um, helps you, you know, find peace with yourself, with the world and all that. Um, yeah, for sure. You go through something painful, pray you know, connect with God, connect mm -hmm. with the divine. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking that away, but when people start finding their connection to the divine and the way that they, um, receive, um, instruction from the divine through a third party that is this powerful person yes. or his intermediaries, <clears throat> um, we do go, Oh, this terrible thing happens where any, um, any person in today's day and age that isn't brought up in a religion would immediately be like, okay, well, first things first, we go to the cops. We, you know, yeah. we get, we start gathering evidence. We start putting yeah. together a case. We make sure there's therapy for this person, you know, right. this child, you know, like, I mean, all these And immediately problems. get them away from the person. Right? And get, of course, get them away from like, the person. absolutely. We need to talk to that person, <laughs> but they don't need to talk to that person. Like right. that is not a good system. Right. Um, but right. when you're in these controlling environments, um, you do think, okay, well, we, we need to talk to the pastor. It's because the pastor yeah. will fix it. The pastor will yeah. make it right. The pastor will let God He's the father. lay hands on you it know? and yeah. make it all pure as snow again. And right. the pastor does these weird things with these weird biblical um, instructions, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, passage in Jesus and Matthew where he's like, hey, look, if someone's done something wrong to you, you know, before you go and worship God, maybe get go make it right with them or, you know, and they, you know, talk yeah. to them first. And then if they can't, if they don't deal with their shit, go talk to the elders. It's like, yeah, Jesus probably wasn't saying, hey, if someone like abused you. <laughs> You have to yeah. go and sit in a quiet room on your own with them and make right. it right. Like, no, right. no, Jesus probably wouldn't have said that. I mean, maybe no. he would. I don't know. It's, we were talking 2000 years ago as well. So no, but you know. that's where you can't use common sense doesn't come into play. No. And it's the same reason why, you know, someone recently said to me that Christianity was a Paul cult and that like mm. the scales fell off my eyes when they said that. I was like, oh my gosh, they base everything off of these few verses, which, you know, Paul's section of the Bible is not huge. It's not a lot you know that's authentic section no right <laughs> that's that is a fair point um but you know just all i'm saying is just taking those little bits i mean and that was something that yeah. bothered me when i was very young and i mm -hmm. i cannot i wish i could say that i was skeptical about more 
from the get-go, but I wasn't. <laughs> but you um, can't but that, be skeptical about more, no, right? As a kid no. growing up in these environments, like were you no. in were you in public school or were you in like a Christian school? No, I was or? homeschooled. You're homeschooled so even was... more, right? Where where are you getting exposed <laughs> to, you know, where are teachers um going, right. oh, today? Uh, once a year, we're going to pull the class aside and for an hour talk about what to look out for red flags in relating to adults yeah. and who to talk to if you feel uncomfortable. And, yeah. you know, and, like that's Nothing a normal like part that. in public schools. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in Louisiana 20 plus years ago. But <laughs> in fact, maybe not in Louisiana right now. I don't know. Like I've talk- I was in Louisiana a couple of years ago talking to some kids about the schooling system. And I was like, mm. holy oh, it's, shit. It's I mean, real, I'm from Europe, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah. The Louisiana um, system is terrible. So yeah, maybe not. But, but I think on the whole today, kids are brought up with uh hey this is like you know these are some things that aren't okay and these are some things right. to keep an eye out for and hey these are some safe people or places to talk to yeah. um those are kind of things that are discussed but when Even you go on Sesame street you know right exactly well yeah. that's it like child psychologists are going hey some kids are growing up without that so let's get it in sesame street let's get it in on nickelodeon right. on a cartoon right. network or whatever right. um and but you can't do that now because it's you can't do that raising your children right yeah but you can't yeah well it's, it's a deep state right there um but you can't you can't do that with um homeschooled you can't do yeah. it when you're brought up in a church and every right. night you're in church you have no friends outside of christianity uh no friends outside of this brand of christianity like right. and we hold Where ourselves to such a high standard and beat the shit out of ourselves right looking yeah. back we're like oh yeah. i should have done differently i should have done this it's like what other option did you actually have on the table at that point you knew nothing you were some kid that you know yeah. uh, no exposure it's, to, it's yeah you're, you're exactly crazy. right you're exactly wow. right and even if you did have the exposure how could you possibly go against your entire family, all your friends your i mean and that's the thing that really i started to realize later was not super normal was was my church was my whole life and i knew a few people who they were like well yeah we go to church on sunday and you know or my catholic friends and they're like yeah my mom makes me go to mass so that she'll and then she'll fill up my car with gas like that was you know like you know it's just a thing that you do to kind of tick off the boxes but at that church no way you know and in a lot i mean i'm not alone in that at all but it was just a very eye-opening experience to go oh you can separate the rest of your life from church or from christianity and my i was i had a narcissistic mother she had narcissistic personality disorder And so she, I was like her person that she told all the spiritual things to. And she was just, she had some really crazy ideas about Mm. God and just spiritual things. I don't even really know where to begin with that. But um, I was sort of her sounding board for that, even from a really young age. Right. So you add that element into it. And it's just like, I had no chance to think for myself at all you know, and, um, and again, even if I had, you're looking at it, you're looking at this chance to think for yourself and going, oh, that's the path to hell. And if I Mm -hmm. leave this, I'm going to be really unhappy. My life is going to fall apart. Yeah. I won't have favor with God, whatever that means. I've never had it anyway, (laughs) but you know, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you think about how hard it is for most of us as adults to be separating ourselves and peeling ourselves away from these ingrained ways of thinking fearing Mm. hell fearing judgment fearing being wrong um somehow having a hedge of protection removed and crashing your car whatever (laughs) that phrase Um, triggers me (laughs) hedge of protection man what a shitty way to protect even back then i'm sure there was better ways to protect than having a hedge Um, like (laughs) like 
that's a, that's a low tier offering. Good. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you had like, yeah. you're buying insurance from gods and you're like, okay, so what are you offering? <laughs> He's like, I got a hedge for you. And it's like, uh, Molek over here is offering a stone wall. Come on. What do you got? Like, it's like, nope, hedge of protection is the best I can I do. I wish that people, we don't have hedges really here. Like we most right. people use, build fences, but I know that in the UK, a hedge is like a, a thick layer of, you yeah. know, like a bush or brush that you I use mean, as a border. You'll get scratched up good if you go it. through it. But like, <laughs> you'll come out the other side and kill you. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's just yeah. not that great. I mean, even a fence, no. I mean, like, it's a, it's a yeah. slight improvement, but you yeah. can climb a fence. I mean, like, but you're an, you're an all powerful yeah. God and that's what you're offering. That's what you got. A hedge, a know, fence. I got no, a hedge okay. tree. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But, you know, we, we do, like, even as adults, people are processing this. I mean, they've been indoctrinated with these ideas for decades. They've been told if you step out of line, God will remove that protection. If you step yes. out of line, you will end up in hell. If you step out of line, um, you know, what will happen to your kids' faith? It's you know, I mean, all these different knock-on yeah. things and we're scared. Yeah. And not only that, there's the, there is the thing of like, oh, uh, I rent my house from Steve and church. And well, if he's told to cut off ties with me or he yeah. just suddenly realizes, well, I don't want a non-Christian renting my house. I want a Christian renting my house because I don't want that spiritual atmosphere in my house or, you know, yeah. these kind of things. Oh, that oh, genuinely, that's, that's we classic. all believed on some level. Yeah. And yeah. With, with every goodness in our heart, we were like, oh no, we want the you know, the Holy Spirit residing in my home yeah. or whatever, or, wow. you know, yeah. or what about, oh, I rent from Steve. Yeah. But actually I also work for Bob over there at his car dealership. And if I am no longer a Christian, is Bob going to want a non-Christians helping him sell cars? Probably not. I probably want to lose, you know, and yeah. so people get so, and these, these are amazing benefits of being a part of a community. And actually most, I mean, you join the golf club and you make friends and stuff sure. and you can, rely on some of these ties to really help you get by and it's a support network and that's how it could right. work so it's not inherently evil um that people in the church help each other you know i don't think there's an right. evil component there necessarily right. i just think that systemically it can really become this huge leveraging component that keeps us within or at least keeps our mouth shut or whatever um, yeah. yeah yeah it's it's terrifying especially when you're in these environments like you're describing i don't know the church i'm not that up on churches um very mm -hmm. well anyway i don't do the celebrity church culture i can throw a few <laughs> names around as a joke but that's about it yeah, um, yeah but you know what you're describing it makes me think of did you listen to the gangster capitalism podcast on liberty no, university no, oh my god no. it's such a good podcast triggering but good because um, they, they do podcasts on capitalists on, on basically these extreme si systems of capitalism that have gone way yeah. too far and gone wrong and they yeah, did their third season list. on liberty U, which is oh, nuts wow. right they're like they're yeah. a capitalism podcast and they're like let's look at this church and this whole system and this university and um but should it, be it obvious to that, these, these insanely powerful people that actually on some level you go gosh how hard would it have been to be the kid that grew up in that but on another level, you go, and because it was hard for you as that kid, you actually are now in power and you're actually even worse. Like there, there's some level of like, Ooh. you didn't even grow up knowing different. You just mm. know power. You just know entitlement. You just know that snap and it gets done, you know, yeah. and everyone drops everything for you. Like, yeah, it's scary. Those environments. And, and it's scary for us as adults to speak out against that. Right. Even at the beginning, yeah. you're like, I want to be careful because these are, these are powerful people. <laughs> like you're like, they are right. How yeah. much more 20 years ago, 30 years ago, were you like, uh, definitely not opening my mouth. Oh, right? oh. you know, like, no, I mean, squash you like a bug. <laughs> I, I remember, um, and this is sort of one of those crazy things that I don't, I don't remember if I've ever said it out loud, but it felt very 
maybe it didn't feel normal because it sticks out to me. And I don't have a lot of mem- really strong memories of my childhood that are very specific. I know the landscape of my childhood, but there are some things that are fuzzy. My parents were on a missions trip. I don't remember where they were, but I was staying with the head pastor's family. And I was, let's see, how old was I? I would have been under the age of five. And I just remember I must have done something that they didn't approve of. And the head pastor spanked me. Yeah. And, and that was very, like, he felt like that was his place to do that. He had six kids. He was a father figure. He, you know, this is, you discipline a child. That's what they did. Um, And now when I say that, I'm just like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and just the level of entitlement to just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just think that says a lot, you know? And you know what is mental about it as well? I mean, again, I don't know the guy at all, but I can imagine, you know, if you back in the day, spank is more common. You absolutely lose it. Someone's sleeping over or wherever and you spank them, but you would on some level be like, shit, I hope she doesn't say it to her parents. I guarantee this pastor was like, they'd be be fine. They would be like, oh, okay. Thank you for disciplining our child. Thank you for not sparing the rod. Thank you. You know, like in that high control environment, that guy isn't even thinking, oh shit, I hope she doesn't say anything. Or, you know know what I mean? Like he's literally genuinely like I did the right thing and everyone will agree with me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Absolutely. It's, it's wild. Absolutely. It's yeah, wild. It really is. It really is. <laughs> Another yeah. surprise, not surprised. Right. I mean, that's the, I don't know. I don't know what the word for that is. There's got to be a word for that. Where you I just bet the Germans getting, have a phrase. Yeah. Yeah, they always right. have like a big long word that means that exact thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I. Uh, but well, one of the other examples of this pastor, um, just wielding power that I don't even know who else would have this kind of power. You know, I don't know what other position, even in maybe in government, you know, maybe high up in government, which is essentially what this was. It's just a microcosm. Sure. You've got this little, you know, bubble. And, uh, but he, so my sister, um, who was fine with me telling the story, um, she got pregnant when she was a teenager. The guy was in, uh, I think he was in college. And I don't know that he was a member of the church, but pastor's plan to fix this because it was, you know, of course, purity culture. I mean, you could not get pregnant outside. I never saw a pregnant teenager outside of an unwed mother's home, which is another really fun thing from charismatic churches. Um, But uh, he told her she either had to get up in front of the congregation, which I think was probably around 3000 people at the time and confess her sin and apologize and all of that or leave leave the church. And so she left. (laughs) She went to um, like an unwed mother's home in another state, gave her baby up for adoption and then came back. But um, what, what, what year is this? I'm like, I'm I'm talking about like 1993. I'm not talking about 1893. I I got on this complete like rabbit trail, like about four months ago this is adhd thing where i got so into it for like three weeks I and i never yeah. touched it again um but i started doing my family tree and i found out that my dad's mother so my grandmother she was born um because basically out of wedlock her mother was mm-hmm. sent away to another town 
disappeared for nine months, gave birth, mm-hmm. came back, and there's a child there that like was given up for adoption, basically. But that had happened to her mother as well, and it was a system, and oh, it was like, oh, gosh. that was how we used to do things in 1930, in yeah. 1910. Like that was regular thing in right. my family, apparently. Right. Um, right. But like, not 1990. I mean, Jesus Christ. And especially (laughs) egregious is that this was at a time when we were so, 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 so deep in the pro-life movement. Right. Yeah. This is the the height of that whole kind of like. That's the sister who got arrested protesting at Planned Parenthood. But there was no grace for her to be able to have a baby, which is your whole platform that you're resting everything on is the right to life, you know, and all of this stuff. And, and you, I mean, just, I mean, we had rallies, we had marches. It was a big, big, big Mm -hmm. deal. And you're going to tell a 17 year old girl that there is zero support for you here, unless you do it either exactly the way we say. And of course we all know you and I know if she had stayed and confessed her sin, how comfortable would it have really been for her there? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Right. On any level. You know, <laughs> like not Gosh. even a little bit. The big scarlet A, you know. And Thousands of people. Like it's literally dragging your ish. Like, like you have this situation which you're, you know, presumably as a teenage girl probably didn't plan to get pregnant here so this is like a big fuck up on some level of like shit what's happened i've ruined my life this is not good like she needs all the help and support she can have whatever that looks like and instead it's a well first of all let's make sure thousands of people know you fucked up first and then we'll think about how we support you and it won't be the support whatever you need it'll be the support of whatever we feel comfortable with yeah right. that is not how you support someone you don't air their no. issues and their pain and their hurt and their struggle to thousands of people all of which you are not going to be like oh great well i'll come in and help in every way yeah. she can stay with right. us we'll we'll help raise the kid you know no 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 no. we're being told so we can be quote unquote praying for her slash right. judging the shit judging out her. of her yeah right? i mean that's yeah. basically what it is this is a, this is gonna make sunday lunch really great for a lot of you yes like, that's basically what exactly. we're doing here, right? exactly i mean oh. you think about all the and that's where you know the purity culture really that's the crescendo right of purity culture is that it, and it, it, to his credit i guess i'm using quotes <laughs> the pastor's credit um later his son and and her you know his girlfriend slipped up and they had to get up in front of their the christian school which i also went to um for a while and confess their sin and all that stuff but it's just like what i didn't see him whenever he stole thousands of dollars from the congregation that he said was going to one thing and went to you know maybe a new car or i could say some worse things that i know that the money went to um (laughs) Uh, you didn't get up and confess in front of the congregation that you stole money out of their pockets. You know, you didn't, you, there's, there's never any, the double standard is all I'm talking about. It's just, it's it's, because it's not about reconciliation or, or, you know, confession, right? It's about power. And this is a thing I can hold over you now. And this is a thing that keeps you in your place. It keeps you in that standing. Whereas if I was to do that, well, I'd lose some power. No, I keep my power. This right. Is, not for me. This is a right. tool that I use to maintain power and 
keep people in their place ultimately. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's uh it's hard to overstate how much power a person like that has. Yeah. It really is. It's hard to exaggerate it. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it's it is exactly like it sounds, just total mm-hmm. control. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and it is, I mean. I put out a study this week. Um, I was sharing some stuff from a study on, mm-hmm. on what's happening to the U.S. church and like yeah, how smaller churches that. are shrinking, larger churches are growing quite quite well. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, you know, like we look at these dynamics of power and I look at, you know, smaller, regular mom-pop churches in, you know, rural America mm-hmm. and a huge portion of them are lovely, wonderful places doing really hard. You know, I saw a study um, last week. They had done a study in America and asked people, how many of you think that your local church has benefited the community during COVID? And I think oh. 72% of people said it had. And what's what is 58% of people that do not identify as Christians say that they have seen their local church benefit the community, as in doing food banks, getting prescriptions uh-huh. for people that are ill, things like that. They listed all the different things and there was different percentages and stuff. So Across the boards, we live in a bit of a bubble, and I always like yeah. to remind myself of that. Yeah. Across the boards, people are looking at, you know, your regular Joe church and going, these are the kind of good people. Like, this pastor's probably a decent person just trying to help people. He didn't yeah. get in it to buy a new Tesla and have a multi-million dollar mansion yeah. and fuck some, you know, prostitutes on a yeah. yacht. You know, I mean, like, that's yeah. not likely yeah. for Pastor Jerry of a church right. of 28 people, you know, like, who's making, yeah. <laughs> making 20000 a year and scraping by, you know, and yeah. also uh, working for someone in his church selling cars at the yeah. car sales dealership. Totally, whatever. totally. You know, a lot of these people are just regular decent people um and i think there is this dynamic of like how power corrupts and i think often in these smaller environments it's a lot harder for that kind of power to corrupt yeah maybe all 20 people in his congregation come to him for advice and for guidance and for support but when you're overseeing and helping and guiding and supporting 20 people it's a lot harder to feel like a god than when you do it for five thousand and when you don't even speak to those five thousand actually you have a team of 20 people who do it for you and those 20 Mm -hmm. people report to you and you you know Mm -hmm. like you have you just have them beck and call you know you they have to make appointments to even speak with you you know oh yeah it's a different thing it's the same deal that you know like most small town businesses right which are just like you know, Julie running her business and she maybe has like a couple of teenagers working part-time and that's it. Yeah. Probably not on the same kind of power trip that the CEO of Shell is, right? right. You know, like I bet your CEO of Shell is on a motherfucking huge power trip, right? <laughs> I mean, they've knowingly been destroying the environment since like the forties or yeah. whatever. They've and knowingly yeah. done it right. and they're cool, right? You right. Know, so these are different dynamics that I think yeah. there is something about these levels of power. You know, when you start to be Jerry Falwell and you literally own a city, the cops reports to you Ugh, like yeah. oh it's it's just nuts you know but that's yeah. so huge um yeah. like that tax at that level church. anything <laughs> you know tax the fucking church yeah seriously um, sorry but yeah i i just i i'm so intrigued by it but i also i, I love those little studies that i come across every now and again that kind of remind me oh there's like regular people out there that probably are just going oh i believe in a god and i really believe that it should be that i help people and that's basically what i'm doing day in day out and they probably fuck up and they probably still do things that are not healthy and maybe they still um you know are pro uh life in a very unhealthy way or something like that you know i'm I'm not saying everyone is perfect they're still only affecting 20 people but they're affecting 20 people (laughs) And, and probably in that environment the 20 people 
they probably feel on some level capable of going, hey, pastor, I'm not sure I agree with that. I've been a lot of small churches where there feels that there's more of a back and forth. Sure. Never felt that when you pop in. I remember like in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, I went to um, Mark Driscoll's church when I was over in the States. I wanted to visit because <laughs> I loved Mark Driscoll when I was oh, growing yeah. up. Like yeah. I can't think what age I was, probably 20, 19. Um, yeah. And I wanted to visit and I was just like, yeah, I remember just being there and just going, oh my God, no one would ever get to see this guy. Like there were so many layers of security before it. And uh, I come from the UK, like we just don't have big churches. A big church yeah. for us is a couple hundred people. Right. Um, and I was just like, right. wow, like these people are so removed. Like he will never know what it's like to be me. No. Just and he'll has never no care. concept. And he <laughs> will know? never care about that. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. interesting, these different dynamics. Because yeah, I, I really wonder what it is that turns... Um, yeah, are, are, you know, narcissists are attracted to those positions, but that's true yeah. in, in business as well. If, yeah. if you look at the CEOs of country uh, companies, the level of narcissism is higher, but it's about right. the same as in church. It's, it's, right. not, it's not that church specifically attracts more narcissists than any large organization. Yeah. Um, so it's not that it turns people into narcissists. Some people are. Um, but what does it do to people? How does it, uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it, 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 it certainly gives you a really big soapbox and a, a megaphone, I should say, mm, you yeah. know, to, it, because <clears throat> that's the other thing is that I, I don't know of a situation where I could walk into a theater downtown and listen to a stand up comic and go, I know sitting down that I'm going to agree with everything this man is saying or this woman. It's never a woman in the church, <laughs> not here. Um, you know, I know that I know their values and I know that I can just trust everything and just go, yeah, 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 yeah. We're on the same page. We're both comics, whatever it is, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. But when you walk into a church where it's the same denomination or you know where they stand on things that are the basics, like, you know, LGBTQ rights or obviously lack thereof you know, being pro-life, quote unquote, um, all the being conservative politically, all these things. If you know that that's enough for you and you just go, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to default to agreeing with you. Mm. Maybe I might have a couple of little qualms, but that's, that was rare. You know, in my world was not, it was not, you were not looking for, you weren't critiquing when you walked in to listen to someone speak. Um, so I think that's the difference is that you, you, you believe you have this common thing and that's like the, I mean, that's the basis of Christian nationalism, which is a really big, big, you know, just topic that I'm angry about. Um, yeah. But, you know, that is that belief that, well, we're all on the same page with this and we're not, you know, we're not. Mm. But, uh, but when you walk into a church and you know, you see the name, you know, if it's a gateway church, which is big here, there's a lot of them, you know, you know, you're gonna, well, I can pretty much say that I'm gonna agree with everything this guy says. So the guy can say anything. Mm, because yeah. you walked in going he's a man of god or he you know we're all christians we all share the same faith we're using the same bible and the same gospel so i'm going to agree with anything this man says yeah i know that that can happen other places but it sure helps to walk in and say we have the same value system you yeah know? well there's a, there's a security in that right i mean there's something nice about going into a room and going oh these people get me they understand what i believe in i understand what they believe in we all kind of agree i'm not going to be yeah. stepping on eggshells that's a nice feeling for sure yeah um, but what it does do as well though is when that's the default is we all agree 
it means when I come into the room and I suddenly think, oh, I don't agree with that. I'm not just disagreeing with the pastor. I think I'm disagreeing with everyone in the room. But it might be that everyone in the room thinks this pastor's fucking nuts, but I shouldn't speak up because we all agree with and we all believe the same thing. So you don't even know that half the people next to you, you go, oh, what did you think of the sermon? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, sure, yeah. And then both both people are thinking, fuck, it was a bit fucked up, but I'm not going to say anything. And there's not room to have those kind of conversations on that peer-to-peer level um any discourse about how we disagree with the pastor because we assume everyone agrees with the pastor yeah um and so I, it shuts it down even more there's yeah. even less conversation happening because of that yeah I, i've i've heard of um you know i'm sure you do too i'm sure you i can't imagine what your inbox looks like all the time um, it's but I just unread forever and i just try and <laughs> Thanks as quick as I can. Um, yeah, but I just, you know, every day getting messages from people saying, you know, just, I just hear so many stories is what I'm trying to say. Mm. So many stories of church. And, you know, even with my relatively small following, I, I can count on one hand, the number of times someone has told me, you know, this thing that this pastor said was so egregious that someone got up and walked out just does not happen. It just Mm. doesn't happen. It has to be so, they have to be spewing such disgusting things from the pulpit for someone to walk out. And that is crazy. You know, I mean, it's just, it's one of them was someone who had had, um, and I'm, this is just with a trigger warning, (laughs) Um, but someone had had a suicide in their family and the pastor had made a motion like a gun to his head. And, and it was very, I guess it was a small enough church that everybody knew, everybody knew what had happened and all this stuff. And it was, it was, like rude enough of him to do that, that the family yeah. got up and walked out. And like, that's what it took for someone to get up and walk out was him right. to, I mean, anyway. Yeah. But I, I think that there's, it just takes so much more for people to, to stand up and say something about yeah. someone who is, you know, a leader in <clears throat> Christianity like that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that I, I also feel like, you know, I can talk about all the terrible things about church all day, but at the end of the day, that's not why I'm not a Christian anymore. You know, like right. I'm, I, it's about theology. It's mm-hmm. not about the church because yeah. I can be a Christian at home, you know, whatever I can. Sure. I was for a long time. Yeah. But, a lot of people managed to do that just fine. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point for me, it was like, this is, this is, I don't want to say crazy because I don't want people to feel like, I think they're crazy because I really don't. I don't, sure. I do not feel like anyone who is still in Christianity is crazy or they're blind or anything. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't feel that way, but I, it just came to a point for me where <clears throat> I, that, that circular thinking of God is all powerful. He sends his son to save us from his being all powerful. And then it just goes around like that. Yeah. So you've got, what is the point here? Yeah. What is the point? And, and I think that I, I just can't believe I come from a pretty educated family, all college educated, very, we discuss lots of cultural things and history and all very, um, really into literature, big readers, all that stuff. And I'm not trying to brag about it, but what I'm saying is I come from that background and I still didn't know so much about the, how Christ is so similar to other figures that blew Mm. my mind. Like there were other people because they talk about, oh, well, the virgin birth, and that's what makes it so unique. And, you know, he was the son of God and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can name five now who were the same, you know, um, 
so that's something, but I just, I don't know. I just, the further I go, I just think, man, what other book would we look at from that time Yeah, and build our whole lives around everything it? around it? Yeah. And look yeah. at really nuanced modern issues and go, okay, uh, this new thing that we haven't even known is a thing for more than a hundred years. We've just yeah. kind of discovered it. Yeah. Let's look back at what these people that were banging sticks and stones together. Think about it, right? I mean, maybe a little bit beyond that, but not no, much, not, not much. much beyond that. No. <laughs> um, and Just astonishing. No. Yeah. Well, and it also helps to whitewash everything because if you go back and pretend like they had some sort of great high um, <clears throat> sacred knowledge that they got, you can really yes. excuse a lot of that whenever the reality was, you know, according to the Bible, um, they really did prescribe cutting a baby in half if the two women disagreed on whose it was. That happened, you know, it's in the Bible, even if you don't, even if I don't believe it happened. Plenty of people do, <laughs> you know, and take it. I mean, biblical literalism is another thing. It was just like, that was a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, we, that was us for sure. I don't know about yeah. you, but. Oh yeah, I, yeah for sure. I mean, yeah. I was unaware that there was any other real way to read it for right. at least. Gosh, until I was in my early 20s, I started to come across people that would be like, oh, well, no, that's not, I don't read it literally. And did you think they were going to hell? Or did you think they were? I think in Europe, we are probably a little bit more uh, lenient uh, on the whole. So like, you Mm -hmm. know, of course, you know, even growing up, like, of course, I didn't believe that the Bible, that earth was made in six actual days, Mm. or I didn't believe that the earth (laughs) was 6,000 years old. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know many people in the UK that do. There there is a big resurgence of uh, Christianity. The Christianity that's strong and thriving in the UK right now is Christianity that's been exported from America. Mm -hmm. All the churches Mm -hmm. that are feeding from... Uh, who knows all the big churches all the yeah. mega churches they're feeding from that kind of culture and environment because they're seeing it work in america and it right. is working for some of them yeah. here um <laughs> and so they do tend to be the most extreme and they do tend to be like oh yeah no definitely the bible six days etc um yeah. but a lot of that's political it's like we can't oh, really yeah. have good connections with you over in texas or california or you know wherever if we don't really have the same thing um it's a weird right. dynamic you even see people here that like pastors that have often been quite central or left leaning in the uk yeah now going oh yeah no but trump was definitely god's elected and i'm like wow Oof. you would have said that you know bernie sanders was a good start <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. it's like that's yeah. how, that's where we yeah. are over in the uk going yeah, yeah okay but what he's pushing for pretty normal and standard um yeah you know and yet, because of the political connections with the churches in America, that they're trying mm-hmm. to pull from. It's amazing the, the ways that people suddenly let go of a whole host of their values, of their, their things, so they can carry that favor with the That's right incredible. person. Um, yeah. It's a really weird dynamic to see play out. Yeah. Um, really, really weird. But yeah, I think yeah. certainly for me growing up, it wouldn't have been so crazy if someone had gone, oh, I don't believe that. Or, or I, I believe in evolution. Evolution, I remember, I still feel sick to the day. Um, I remember having an argument at university with my lecturer, who was one of the leading experts in the world on artificial intelligence. Um, and he was doing a, a, like a lecture for us on, um, how, when you're writing artificial intelligence, basically you're, you're mimicking evolution. You're basically trying to mimic that process where it's evolving step by step and building on itself bit by bit. Um, and the best artificial intelligence develops by error. It it develops by Mm. trial and error and just growing and growing. Um, so that was his whole thing was that, and I remember sticking my hand up and going, yeah, but evolution isn't real and having an argument with him 
at 17 years old at university having an argument with this guy who was on the leading team in Japan that developed the first artificial intelligence in the 90s or whatever. You're just like, fuck, I want to die, right? I want to die right now thinking back. Um, Burrow into a hole thinking about that. So I like to pretend I wasn't that fundamental. I was a bit more, you know, open, (laughs) but I remember things like that and I was like, no, I must have been pretty damn fundamental still, though. Yeah. Um, certainly for the UK standards. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's yeah, crazy. I, it is crazy. I just recently um, just remembered how, and it's funny to say remember because it was such a normal part of my life, but really truly believing that anything that led to Indigenous people getting saved, quote unquote, was, was fair game. Right. And I don't, you know, I probably disagreed with things in the crusades and things, you know, all those kind of things. Like if it was that quote unquote extreme, um, because my textbooks didn't really teach that, that what happened to the indigenous people was genocide, you know, right. um, or cultural rape, you know, um, uh, and, and literal rape. Uh, I, I can't believe that I used to think that that was, you know, that manifest destiny was was what it was and it was it was the the way it must have been god's plan it must have been you know and just all of those the colonialism is not you cannot separate it no it is inherently part of what it is and christianity yeah i mean i just it's it's pauline christianity right so paul right from the beginning is going we need to go into these people groups and make them christian that is the goal that was what jesus wanted us to do and it's never stopped yeah yeah and uh yeah i was just thinking i was just thinking back last night, knowing we were going to talk about some of this stuff. And I just remember the, what I see now is just blatantly racist belief that all of, you know, the dark continent of Africa was just full of demonic activity. That's what we learned. We learned that it was, I mean, and people would come, you know, missionaries would come or even people from different countries, you know, people from Ghana would come and say, oh yeah, this, I've seen this, I've seen all this stuff. And I don't want to, you know, their experience is their experience. But when I'm talking about, you know, a white male pastor who spent his whole life in South Louisiana and he goes over there and sees their culture and says, oh, it's just full. It's just totally demonic. Everything about it is demonic. And these people are, they're sick and they're dying because of all the demonic activity. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that's why they're sick and they're dying, but (laughs) Now, you know, <clears throat> at the time I didn't believe that. I thought, oh, sure, they don't have God's favor, yeah, you know. And that's a big thing. Them. Yeah, it's it's um, and to kind of go off on another sort of tangent, but that when we're talking about God's favor, that was another thing that sort of led to me beginning to deconstruct. I was not, I was still just I had kind of put God on the shelf after <clears throat> this happened, but my son, which I'm sure a lot of people who follow me know, when he was two, he had a stroke and it was totally out of the blue. He was a very healthy child. He had a stroke and we were, we didn't know if he would live for 11 days in the ICU. It was just like, just terrifying. Um, he became disabled from that. So he has a lot of trouble walking, um, and some trouble, some upper limb, you know, difficulty and stuff. Cognitively, he's the same, but, um, but that was sort of a wake-up call because I really had been taught, especially from my mom, she had reinforced all of this, that 
if you had the favor of God or if you served God mm. or whatever, that he would protect you. And I know that I have some followers who take issue with that because they're like, well, that's not ever what the Bible says. And I'm like, well, that's what I was taught forever yeah. was whether that you, you were, that's in the Bible or not. People found it in the Bible and yeah, taught the it as so that's all the Bible know, this, says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so that was a really big change for me was just mm. to go, Oh, okay. And even to the point that th this was so, um, you know, it had permeated our lives so much, even to the point where we had, I had two friends growing up about 10 years apart that died in car accidents, <clears throat> family friends. And both of them, my mother was really good friends with their mothers, both of them. <clears throat> and he, this is such a, I, I hate even telling the story, but my mother almost gave an explanation for why one of the daughters had died because the mother of the girl who died had been divorced and remarried a few times. Like she had explained that, well, you know, maybe God hates divorce and it's a sin. So maybe that's what happened. You know, maybe right. like she, and I don't, I can't say it the way she said it. It was a little more, you know, she was very careful about her words, but I remember thinking, oh, okay. So if you do everything right, maybe you'll just be protected. Like that was not maybe yeah. like for sure. You, you know, are, that was, yeah. that was the belief. When and things so, happen that are bad. It's because you fucked up somewhere. Absolutely. And I, I remember this. I remember as a There's teenager, a like, sin. God, yeah. every time as a teenager you watch porn, which for me was like 18 times a day because I was a teenager. <laughs> right. Like, you're like literally like, okay, better not cross the road yet because I'm not yeah. entirely sure I'm protected smoked. yet. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I need to have a, enough time where I'm like good enough and I pray. And I, I was a grace guy. I believe in God's grace, but I'm still oh. going, oh, I need to, you know, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure of that grace. Maybe I'll just yeah. get another bit longer of like being good. Yeah then I'll ask for forgiveness enough, like and, uh, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. But like, and as a teenager, God, the windows were not long enough, right? I mean, like, <laughs> uh, hormones are going time, all so, yeah. the time. Like, um, but like, I do remember thinking, so I remember like being fearful, getting in a car going like, but God knows I masturbated yesterday. I watched wow. porn and like, it, I might die on a, in a crash. In oh, the highway. Like so that might happen. And it's, yeah. And it's not because God's judging me. It's, it's that Satan's out there to get me. He's roaming back and forth. Right. It's because God loves you. It's because yeah. God can't protect me anymore because I rejected right. God. I rejected his gift. Or, or, exactly. or just all sorts of weird and crazy things that I 100% believe, even if they weren't expressly taught to me, hearing things like that, right? Hearing people say you things like that. You can make your conclusions. Yeah. You, you, you can add two together. You know, you're a teenager. You're not like one. Like, you know, right. you can put the dots together and go, oh, this is what you're saying here. You right. believe on some level, if you do the wrong thing, you get punished. If you do the right thing, you get rewarded. And hey, yes. I can open my Bible and find that in there. I can find oh, yeah. it say the opposite. I, I can, but I can certainly find it say this and I can yeah. find it say it a lot. Like it happens a lot throughout the Bible. Yeah you do good, you get good, you do bad, you get bad. Right, um, right. That's constantly the result. You know I mean? Like David's like, God performs a post-birth abortion on David's child because he cheated. Yeah. That's like, and we talk about God being pro-life. He literally killed David's um, baby because he cheated. Yeah. God's like, okay, yeah. I forgive you, but I'm going to kill your baby. And yeah. now God didn't say that at any point. Some guy called Nathan, right, right or the, the right. prophet or whatever, shows right. up and goes, "This is what God's going to do," and he dies. And right. you know, like so, but he's basically just doing 
what your mum did on some level going, ah, that's probably why they died is because yeah. you cheated and it's probably God just, you know, couldn't protect or, or God's yeah. kind of like letting nature run its course or punishing or, you know, like we, we're fleshing yeah. out some ideas, but basically boils down to this very archaic karmic p- concept of do good, get good, do bad, get bad. Yeah. Which yeah. again, all the way through the Bible is people going, Hey God, how come I'm doing good and I get punished and how come all these fucking assholes out there are getting all the good stuff. Right. Yeah. Which if ever there was a message for today's world, I think that's it. Right. That's, How the fuck is, does Bezos get that much money yeah. in that yacht? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, you're trying to yeah. be a good person here. Yeah. Um, that's, that's more true than, you know, than, than I think. anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the answer is because you're all masturbating too much. That's yeah. basically what it boils down to. God. Yeah. Bezos yeah. must have this, like just the purity of intent. That's it. Just perfect. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, capitalism is God given. Right. I mean, it's, uh, it's the, it's the way of the of the Bible, according to everybody I know. No. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's it's just wild. It but is, yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, these are the the systems that we we believe in on some level, and and whether you you explicitly are taught them or not, if you grow up in these environments, most of us growing up in these environments do pick up on that and. That's how we think. And it affects Completely. the way we live our lives. Whether we could yeah. go, oh, I heard a pastor say it this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. We know, oh, this is what the, yeah. the outcome I, is. I, I've had people this week, just because I'm sometimes I go a little more hard on the jokes and I, you know, say things that are a little more blunt. And I get people saying, wow, did your pastor really tell you that? Gosh, that's not biblical and all this stuff. And I'm like, first of all, almost anything is biblical. Let's right. just put that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use it to justify just about anything. Um, but beyond that, you know, I don't know what you think I mean. Do you think that I mean that the pastor said this tweet that I posted that was satire? Like, no, of course he didn't. Of course he didn't say, right. well, we, ha- you know, all, you know, queer people are going to hell. No, of course he didn't say exactly that. You know, some no. pastors do, of course, mine didn't. Um, but gosh, wasn't it implied? Like, can't yeah. you put, like you said, we put two and two together. It does not take a big leap in logic to say, well, you know, the Bible says this about homosexuality for me to go, okay, so you do believe yeah. that queer people are going to help. That is what you believe, you know, and um, you're going to save them from themselves by twisting everything and ruining their lives. You know, I just, I have people, some people who run very big Christian accounts, let's just say mm-hmm. that, who have been saying, well, gosh, that's not. I'm so sorry that was your experience. And I'm just like, Godspeed, buddy. Oh like, God. you know. It's so funny to me. This is one of my favorite things about running a meme account is that people think you are always like, like you'll just be like me doing this, you know? And it's just, you gotta make it funny. You gotta make it snappy. You gotta make it punchy. And you gotta like kind of use broad strokes, right? So when you say Christians and then you use a trope or something, yeah, and they're like, I'm oh, not saying- not- yeah. Not every Christian, some Christians. Are. I'm like, of course they're not. Like, <laughs> oh, isn't it funny that Americans are like this? Of course I know that some Americans yeah. aren't like that. Right, like, right. People, they just can't. They just, no, they just I know. shut down. And I of course, know. they're not the Christian that is like that. But almost 100% right. of the time, what's funny is they are. Like, yes. it's it's not the, the Christian that's like not a homophobic right. asshole. Is it the one messaging you going, hey, look, not all Christians are homophobic. No, no, it's I the am, homophobic asshole. Everybody. They're going, hey, look, not all Christians are homophobic. I'm like, but you are. But you are. <laughs> Why are but you, you even defending are. those people? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So weird. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I mean, what what was it? Um, wh- so where where are you? Where do you live around? 
So I'm in Manchester in okay. England. So it's in the yeah. northwest of England. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering, because I know that you've spent time in the States. <clears throat> I didn't know how long or how, when you moved back. I was back or... in California for four years, but it was a long time ago, probably okay. in okay. 2012, I think I came back. Okay. I'm not I was sure. Just want, I was going to ask you what yeah. it was like to watch <clears throat> just... I kind of lumped them together because the COVID and Trump thing came to a head mm-hmm. at the same time. Just wondering what that was like to watch from abroad. Weird. But, well, I mean, everyone, like, yeah. I mean, in the UK, we've got a fucked up system right now. We've got yeah. a crazy nut job in charge. Yeah. We've got a very yeah. right-wing government that's trying to privatize our entire country for the last oh, 10 years. God. They've been doing it more than that now. Um, yeah, you it's know, working like really well, isn't it? Selling off really our, well. our public health care. You know, during COVID, oh. they're selling off huge portions of the NHS and things. Like, and you're just like, oh my God. So we've got some issues, right? So it's very hard yeah. for me to point fingers and go look at the stupid Americans over there because <clears throat> we're emulating you guys. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. but, but I'm what, asking. What, so okay. stood, <laughs> what stood out really for me, which was interesting, is when I was in America, so I was at um, a place called Bethel, big you, you probably oh, yeah. know if it you, you charismatic backgrounds you know of Bethel oh, yeah. um so I was there and I was I got there like um, <clears throat> 2008 September and it was right in the height of them uh electing the new president and it mm-hmm. was going to be Obama or it was going to be traffic was Romney, the first one I think Romney the first one and then McCain was after or was it McCain first and then it was Romney McCain first right gosh I can't believe I don't remember that I, I don't remember which first. way it was, but I think it was McCain. Um, <clears throat> and I remember just going, gosh, this is crazy. This whole thing is like really wild. Um, and then I remember 2012, uh, I was there again for that. And I'm like, I'm looking. I, the big thing that stood out to me is I was a Brit and I remember watching this go down. And I remember how much they constantly demonized Obama. And I was like, I can't see. Now, I still had not become on any level particularly anti-racist. I hadn't really worked on any kind of racial biases and all these different mm-hmm. things. But even <laughs> in the midst of it, I was like, this guy says he's a Christian. He's a really great president. Like he seems really good. And you're telling me that the Mormon, the people group that Christians hate the most, because they're kind of like us and they say they're Christian, yeah. like Christians hate Mormons. They hate yeah. Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses with a passion, probably oh, yeah. more than like Muslims or other groups yeah. of Christian uh, of religion because right, they because keep they're, they're false. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah. you know, whatever, they're cults and whatever. Um, yeah. And I love so many of my good friends are ex-Mormon, ex-JWs and stuff. Yes. And, and yeah. it's so funny looking at it going, you guys were just like us. Like you weren't that There's different, really. It's just the same deal. But yeah. we were so um, scared of that. But you guys put forward a Republican that's um, Latter-day Saints and immediately we're like, that's the Christian guy. All of Christianity turns around and goes, oh ah. no, he's the Christian choice. He's the Christian yeah. vote. He's God's choice. And I'm like, you want the guy that's a cult, like a part of a cult yeah. over the guy that's actually a Christian, goes to church, prays, talks about yeah. how he has a Christian faith in quite a genuine way, it seems. Right. Um, I'm like, I can only see one major difference here. And yeah, it's uh, uh, and, and just that really was, weird. It's hard to to separate the two because it was totally. I mean, I, I was definitely racist. I saw tons of racist, you know. Um, I don't even know, just diatribes against him. Sure, but at the same time, you can also follow the other pattern, which is Republican Cash is money, God's money. choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Republican is God's choice. Democrat is, is the antichrist Republican is God's choice. Democrat. And you can just follow it down ever since Reagan or maybe Mm -hmm. just before Reagan. 
um, that that was, you know, and I think, I mean, Reagan, you could go on about that forever, but that was just a whole new level of Christian nationalism. It's just that came in with him, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was reading, I'm reading this book that one of the things they talked about, and I was going to share a clip of it, um, a little excerpt from it later today on my account, but I, (laughs) it's just this thing about, I'm laughing, but it's about the KKK, like post reconstruction in America after the civil war. Mm. So not the KKK that was sort of around right after, but later in the um, early part of the 20th century. And it was just incredible. The things that they were saying that are just like the things that the Trump supporters are saying now, it's not any different. And they, they, so they, just like with the proud boys or these, you know, boogaloo boys, all these people who they're, they're like, well, but they're trying to protect, you know, the constitution and the fact that America is a Christian nation and all this stuff. And that is exactly what evangelical said about the KKK, exactly mm-hmm. the same thing that, that, well, you know, Christianity is the true American religion. Um, and it's just, there's nothing new under the sun, you know? I mean, well, the rapture is pretty new, but you know, there's like, uh, it's just amazing to see, like we're, we're a hundred years out from that and we've just done it in a different way. And I, it's, it's disturbing to hear the people, a lot of people like that I went to high school with or grew up in church with who really just think that we should have just like a parallel society for mm-hmm. just yeah. because we're, we're too different, you know, yeah. we're too different. And it's like, I mean, now, of course, now with COVID, I'm like, well, yeah, if all the unvaccinated healthcare workers want to work at their own hospital, that's fine. Like, go for that. If that's what you want, you know, you want to go somewhere where nobody's vaccinated, be my guest. But you're going to be busy as a healthcare worker. Rare. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, it's interesting because it? it's interesting as well, because what they ultimately want is some sort of monarchy. Right. I mean, what they want is some yep. pastor. If all the Christians just want this pastor, all the. <laughs> you know, whatever. They just want this person in charge to be a leader to I go through, right? Like he tells us, he he dictates like, and that's what they wanted Trump to be. That's why I loved a good executive order or something like that. It was just like, yes. Um, And it's such a fascinating dynamic. And it's interesting to me as well, because the differences at play are so minute as well. And, you know, we can say that, you know, lives are lost because Republican presidents get in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Democrats bomb more countries than Republicans. <laughs> like they yeah. actually kill more civilians than yeah. Republicans. Yeah. Um, you could say, well, Democrats in office, uh, abortion rates go down and, you know, there's uh, less stuff going on there if, if yeah. that's important to you and lives. Yeah. And, and there's, there's all sorts of different components here. Like, So it's not black and white. But, you know, these two people whoever it is that you vote in have no power yeah. really in the grand scheme of things. Right. Most of them, they just get t- caught up in red tape. They never really perform any of their uh, promises. Right. Oh, did, right. Did, did Trump suddenly make it illegal for anyone to have an abortion throughout the nation? No, no, no I don't understand right. how Christians keep thinking if they vote a Republican candidate, abortion oh will gosh. suddenly become don't illegal. No, yeah. I know you're in Texas. So like, let's not even, <sighs> I can't yeah. even, it's just fuck me. What it's the hell? Disgusting. But, yeah. but the point is, again, it's like a prime example of like, actually, a lot of the power is not in this random person that you stick right. in the White House. Um, yeah. And yet we put everything on that because it's this power game. It's a total power game. And it's yeah. it's, uh, it's just a, yeah. a total shit show. It really is. Yes. I, I, I don't even know the words. And I'm 
I'm over yeah. in the UK. I can't even talk. Like, you know, again, <laughs> we we have people in power that have no power. It's government. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's the people behind uh, yeah. the government are businesses. It's the yeah. elites. It's the people that control know. media, know you know. Yeah. I, I try to just, it's always the drum that I'm banging. It's just vote in local elections, vote in your local elections, yes. vote, vote, vote in your local elections. Please do it. It will affect your life way more than who is president usually. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been, that was just one of the things that was when I really started to question like the church in general was just like Trump rising to power. Yeah. Like not even after, after he was elected, I was like, okay, who is this clown? Like this is, and it was like a bad right. dream, you know, that whole thing. Cause I was still pretty sort of borderline conservative. I had a lot of liberal values personally, but I kind of thought that the government should be more conservative. Sure. I do not feel that way now. Um, but, but with COVID and then the Trump like insanity just kind of coming to a head, those two things, I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't um, uh, just a, a, an accident that this is all happening at the same time. This is what mm. they, this is what they stand for. This is what the evangelical church stands for this is you know that that became really clear that it was oh like trump isn't a a a one-off he's exactly what you wanted just like you said like this was your goal was to have someone like this who can you know answer you can i don't even know how to describe i mean it's like an idol i guess that would be the easiest way but just you know something that you can sort of put all of your faith in and um yeah. And then just seeing how churches handled COVID was just, I've never, I've just maddening, just maddening. Yeah. There's no words for how angry it was like watching yeah. people just continue as if nothing was going on and as if it wasn't going to affect healthcare workers. And yeah. Yeah. So. It was, was interesting to me. And again, you probably, you live in a bubble cause you're over in Louisiana. Oh no, you're not, you're in Texas, but you know, you can yeah. potato, potato sometimes. <laughs> Still in the Bible um, belt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, like we all live in these bubbles, and and I think the internet ex- it it you know throws gasoline on the fire of those bubbles as well. Um, sure. Again, where you know I, I look at that that statistic that was out there or the statistics that said the vast majority of Americans looked at churches, whether they were Christian or not, and said most churches are making things better during the, the pandemic. And uh, the, the amount of people that yeah. said making it worse were really small. Most said oh either gosh. it made no difference or it made things better. Right. And yeah. You crack up in Facebook, which God forbid no one should ever do, but you know, you crack up in Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And what's in your face is look at these fucking idiots. Look at this yeah. group, look at that group, look at it. And yeah. whether you're left-leaning, right-leaning, your center, whatever, there's extreme people everywhere, all over mm-hmm. the, the pages. And mm-hmm. again, it's this, this component. Um, I was talking recently with someone, we, I talk about this study all the time, the perception gap, uh, us study, which is fascinating. So they studied, uh-huh. They got a whole bunch of Democrats, so a whole bunch of Republicans. You can go to perceptiongap.us and you can do the study as well. But they basically, I mean, it's tens and tens of thousands of people filled it in. And you basically mm-hmm. say, I am a Democrat or a Republican or independent. And then it asks you what you think about a whole bunch of issues, gun issues, yes. abortion, should government be smaller, bigger, whatever. Um, and you fill it in and then you say, and this is what I think other Democrats like me think or mm. other Republicans think. And this is what I think the other side thinks. And so then it gives you, it gives scores of like, yeah. hey, this is how people vote themselves. And actually the vast majority of everyone that fills in the survey were actually almost all identical. They were all in the same sort of middle center window. They yeah. all wanted more control of guns, for example, more control for guns. Mm-hmm, but they mm-hmm. thought 
um, that people on their side were way more extreme. And they thought people on the other side were way more extreme. And so the picture of the Republican was all the way over there. And the picture of the Democrat was all the way over there. And mm. whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you think you're alone. And so it's these crazy yeah. pictures and ideas and caricatures we've drawn off each person, right? Yeah. You're either Donald Trump or you're AOC, you know, whether those are right. good or bad or whatever. Right, you're you're right. two polar opposites. Right. Where the vast majority go, actually i'm just kind of here and that's where everyone else seems to be as well but you can't talk about it because if they go oh i voted republican oh you're donald trump right no actually i just was a bit fed up and i wanted to change right (laughs) or actually i just really think that abortion is killing babies and i really think that's the only way to stop it and yeah okay yeah you you haven't you know you don't know any other way okay well yeah so you're not actually donald trump you're not going around sexually harassing women you're not going around xyz right but people can't, I think we do this all the time. And I think we do it with, I think there's a danger in the deconstruction community, somewhat of us doing this ourselves, of potentially becoming the voice of the caricature version of people that are leaving the church, mm. where actually most people leave the church aren't seething with rage and, you right. know, and, and most people within church aren't absolutely fucking insane, Right. right. Generally, like sure. we spent enough yeah. time in churches to know the vast majority of people in churches are just regular good people, people yeah. that yeah. just that's how they live their lives. That's how they see the world. That's how they feel mm-hmm. connected to God. And mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued by that dynamic. Like, can you talk to me about, you know, you run an account. It's very popular. I mean, you've, 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 you know, you mentioned earlier, oh, you just your tiny little account. It's, it's huge. I mean, it's growing so fast. I'm, I'm blown away. Um, like, I'm not blown away though. That's the thing. I think you're honestly, Apart from myself, obviously, the funniest account out there. You know, like I genuinely um, think you, you have the best wow, means in this space, period. Thank you so much. Um, and so I, I know why you're growing fast. It's because you, you're speaking for people. You you have great uh, humor about it. You, you've got a great eye for comedy and um, and also a great insight into, you know, important issues. Thank you. Um, but how do you navigate that? Do you, do you think about this sort of stuff? Do you think about um, how you portray... Um, christianity the church yourself people that are deconstructing because in a way as well when we're writing memes we're not writing memes about ourselves right right no there's we're writing plenty of memes that, for our yeah. audience you know right yeah. we're, we're speaking yeah. for this group but yeah. when you speak for this group there's a there's the group that it really is and there's the group identity that is almost <laughs> this kind of like caricature yeah. in a sense yeah. do, do you think yeah. about that stuff i think about that a lot and i don't know how I navigate it. I, 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 that's kind of my answer. Um, I don't really know. I, I try to, you want to, you want to say things like for me, my perspective is okay. If I know a few people who I've talked to this about, then I know that it's at least a communal experience to some level. Um, it doesn't always work. We know sometimes you post something and people are like, huh, you know, like, Oh, okay. (laughs) It's not a great joke, you know? Um, but as far as, I, I'm so early in my deconstruction phase because this was really mm. just a few months ago that I'm still fine with being angry. <laughs> Do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Of course. So I, and anger, and, and I don't want to say have. that anger isn't oh, no. fair either. It's, I, it's, it's important yeah. to me because no, that's I didn't, where a lot of people are. I didn't get that impression at all. Um, I, I think that it's, it's cathartic, of course. That's mm. a big part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and I just wasn't, you know, so many of us, we weren't allowed to say all this stuff. And this is a yeah. safe space where we can say it kind of freely, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have always really just been, I'm just the, the 
family clown. Like I'm the person who just, I'm the one telling all the jokes and everybody, you know, the, the highest, the, my highest compliment is just for someone to laugh at something I say. That's, that's always yes. my goal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think more about the comedy than I do probably about how I come across to people. Um, you know, and that's I me to like as well. My wife you, is always you like, you're putting to. comedy over people here. I'm like, and, but you kind of, <laughs> you know, if, as long as you're trying to be sensitive and I have a, I had a faux pas the other day that people did not like, and I understand why. Um, I, I think that, you know, you, you, some things have to be left on the table for, for comedy to be. Yeah. And especially with something as sensitive as this, I can't consider most people's feelings as long as they're not just totally offensive and, you know, really mean or really rude. I, I don't want to tread too lightly because yeah. I, I want people to know like, hey, it's OK for you to for you to think that this is really fucked up. Yeah. And I re and I want to I want to I don't want to pull any punches unless I just, you know, um, unless I feel like I need to. So I try yeah. not to to do that for other people who, you know, and try to, um, not dumb it down, but, you know, water it down. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, do you think about that a lot? I, I feel like I don't really I think know about everything all the time. Um, well, I mean, I do too. I'm an overthinker. But. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm very conscious and I've made posts about this recently, you know, like I have been deconstructing for a very long time mm -hmm. and I have my own, worldview and the way I construct my life and the way I live my life. And if I'm honest in my day-to-day -day life, if this wasn't my job, if it wasn't what I do and I love what I do, so I love doing it and that's not going to change. But if I didn't yeah. do this, I wouldn't follow any deconstruction accounts. I wouldn't listen to any podcasts about this <laughs> stuff. I don't care. Like, it's just so yeah. detached from where I'm at now. Um, yeah. And yeah. so it's really interesting. So I, I try and make it clear for people. I'm like, hey, this poem I just wrote is from the perspective of someone that's deconstructing. It's written based on the thousands of conversations I've had. It's mm -hmm. written by you, not by me. Yeah. Um, this meme that I just made, I don't really give a fuck about that. I used to, yeah. Yeah. but actually... It's, it's not even based on what I feel yes. like. Now. It's maybe based on yes. what I used to feel like, or maybe it's I'm working with thousands of people that are going through this emotion mm -hmm. and I'm trying to find other people that are going through that so I can help them. Because to me, yeah. the, the memes are a vehicle. The, the, the memes the memes heal, right? There's nothing yeah. as healing as laughing, right? Oh, yeah. And it opens yeah. up a whole bunch in us. But to me, it's a vehicle because I think Completely. the memes are shareable. They're, they're relatable. People mm -hmm. share them on their stories and new people discover what I'm doing. And then they get to hear a more in-depth conversation with someone and yeah. engage on a more human level, or yeah. they get to look at a post that's a bit more in-depth that's talking about how we process some of this stuff. And it's okay to feel like this and this, and, yeah. you know, these are some tools or resources yeah, that you can go to. Yeah, so there's, there's this kind of this, um, they're a stepping stone for me, mm -hmm. for people. That's, that's why I mm -hmm. do the memes. And so I write memes for people that are usually nine times out of 10, just starting this process. Cause that's who I want to find the person that has yeah. no idea what's happening to them. No idea who's out there, no idea yeah. what kind of space uh, is available for them. And then I want to move beyond that. And so it's a weird one trying to write a meme for someone that's in a place that I'm not in anymore yeah, um, and do that. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And especially then you catch all the flack for it. Right. So then you get all these people going, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're just really hurt and bitter and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm, I'm not actually, sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. But I'm really yeah. not like, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, these things are just so fascinating. Um, working that, that 
working with people in, in very different places because again you've got people that are and you'll know this you've got people that are still very christian you've got people that are yep. still quite happy going to church you've got people that have you know found a new church expression that works and they do home groups mm-hmm. or they go to mm-hmm. a progressive church or something like that or you've got people that are atheists or you've got people that are getting into real eastern uh buddhism and hinduism yeah. and Taoism yeah. and things like that. and these people are all in very different places how do you make content that works for them all right. generally right. you have to go and point back to where they started what right. are they moving away from what are they healing exactly. from exactly yeah and so exactly. nine times out of ten most of the people aren't in that place anymore they're they're looking at reflecting on that and they're trying to find healing from it they're trying to mm-hmm. move beyond it mm-hmm. but it's a it's a really weird dynamic um yeah. I, I find it, it really surreal yeah it's um i there are so many things that i post about that aren't where i am anymore and they were there, you know, mm-hmm. and you can kind of, I try not to make it too juvenile because a lot of my stuff is from my childhood and, and, you know, um, teenage years. Cause that's when I was really in the thick of it. Right. Um, and then after that, I just had a little more independence as I got older in my twenties and, uh, early thirties, I'm 34. Um, I had more just, just separation from my life. Like if I was, you know, I had my Christianity, but I wasn't, qu- it wasn't quite as like just woven into every single thing I did. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, there are lots of things that I post about that I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't, that's not really how I feel, or that's not, I'm not listening to a pastor tell me this or not, not that it's not really how I feel. It's all how I felt at some point. Like, yes. you know, it's, it's very, it's definitely genuine. I'm not making any of it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, it was how I discovered deconstruction was someone posting just a joke. And they're so, I think that this is. I don't want to, you know, um, self-aggrandize or, you know, try to, um, exaggerate like what our role is in this community when, you know, making jokes and that kind of thing, but stories on your Instagram, where you just share something, it's, it's a really interesting psychological dynamic because you can share something to your stories. It's not permanent Mm -hmm. and it wasn't yours, you know, so you can just share it and just kind of, you just kind of throw it away. And that is a really powerful thing. It's been a powerful thing for me to share. I, on my personal account, I'll share a few things just here and there. So I can kind of go, it's kind of where I am. I'm leaving church. I don't really believe this anymore. And you kind of just dip your toe in and it starts a lot of really good conversations mm. so that other people can know what's going on in your life. But for some people, that's all they can do because their yes. families, they can't really talk to their families and all that stuff. And I know that might sound kind of silly, but it's like you said, it's a stepping stone. And so for me, the first, I think I followed science, Jesus memes. That was one that I really, I really liked her mm-hmm. right. Like from my personal account, I was like, Ooh, what is, this is cool. Like kind of like, Oh my gosh, someone gets it, you know, cause you feel so alone once you leave yeah. and nobody else has been in a high control religion that you're around. You're like, Ooh, okay. You guys don't relate to this, you know, this crazy right. story that I have. Um, and then growing up evangelical, she was, I think her name's Natasha, but she, um, she, we kind of connected. I was sending her messages and stuff. We talked a little bit. I was like, man, this is like, I just, everything you're saying resonates with me. And that was just, it's just, it matters. That's all I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, it does matter when you have, I, I'm so thankful for the people who send messages all the time and just say, oh my gosh, like, I felt like I was alone. This, your account just resonates yeah. with me so much. And it's, I know that maybe they don't think that means anything to me because I, and I don't always get to respond, but man, like that is just so nice to hear because it is, I needed that. You know, I think we all needed that at some point. It was just someone to go, Oh my God, it's really fucked up that your parents told you there were demons in your room at night. 
that is wrong. Like it's psychological, it's child abuse, you know? And so um, that's a big one for me because my parents were really big into, I mean, right? demonic activity oh, yeah. and all that stuff. That was really big. So that's something that's a major thorn in my side and it's going to have to be explored in therapy for many years. But, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and even up until like, I don't know, a few years ago, because my son, when that happened, he was two, he's six now. So four years ago is when things really started to shift for me, like uh, spiritually. And for that amount of time, you know, even up until the past couple of years, I just, I believed that, you know, I believed in the demonic stuff and the, mm-hmm. all of the, you know, the, the spiritual war that's always going on behind the veil and <laughs> all this stuff. So, yeah. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I'm just thinking now, like, that would be a good meme. It'd be a good meme right there. You know, kids come, like, parent coming in. What's wrong, Timmy? There's a monster in my bed. No, monsters don't exist. Christian kids. There's a monster in my bed. No, there's a monster right here. They're everywhere. They're surrounding yeah, you. you. They're, they're coming for you all the time. Yeah. And you can't see them. And they're going to yeah. take away your hedge of protection and cause you to die in a car crash. Good night. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly like, that's right. It, I mean, right? Like, yeah. Here, read this Frank Peretti novel. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah. What yes. the fuck? I know. We had, I to, I've... In our uh, in our Patreon group, we have like a monthly Zoom call, and we had one a couple of months ago, and we were all jet- laughing about our crazy oh, no. childhoods. Yeah. And one of the kids, the parents would read them Frank Peretti novels as they went to bed, and I'm like, no. and, and people that don't know that that's Frank Peretti's oh. like this kind of like. I guess it's aimed at adults predominantly, I would imagine, but it's like yeah, this book yeah, on spiritual warfare and it'd be like about this town that demons are coming and they've got a strategy from Satan to take over the town and there's a there's a pastor in a small church and they're going to end the church and they're like, you know, someone loses their keys and it's because this demons hid their keys in another room and then they're causing a car crash. And it's like, fucking terrifying if you're eight right i mean like it's probably quite fun i I reckon if i went back and read it now it'd be kind of funny like bizarre kind of comedy i don't know what it'd be but but as an eight-year-old that's some scary shit and your parents are going now here's the thing timmy this is real this is an instruction manual this isn't some scary story this is real life and it's just like oh my god that's what you grew up with oh yeah. yeah oh yeah man i mean that is and that's something else that we could probably have a whole conversation about is just that, that when you, if, if something has the Christian stamp on it, there is no minimum age. Mm-hmm. They will tell yes. anyone, anything. They'll tell the kids about exorcisms. They'll tell the kids about demonic activity or angel, all these, all these kind of weird, crazy things or Bible stories that are totally inappropriate for kids, like mm-hmm. disgusting things that they'll, and they, they'll tell. And it's just, man, like you, it's. I do kind of feel like it's a form of child abuse. And that's where I kind of have to tread the line because some people are like, well, that's a bit extreme to say that religion can be, you know, just abusive. And it's like, well, if you're telling a kid that they're old enough to decide whether or not they want to go to hell or whether or not they want to spend eternity apart from their family, that's abusive. Like, I'm sorry. I I do believe that, you know? And um, I, even as a Christian, my mom would tell my kids things, you know, before she passed away. And I was like, yeah, I don't want you telling them like they're, they're too young to hear these crazy religious you know things in these about these entities that you i mean that's it's it's crazy that part is crazy like yeah <laughs> no i 100 percent agree yeah i yeah. think it's it can be really really abusive really yeah. really i mean and, and most of us on some level uh, no maybe not most of us but a lot of us are dealing with the consequences of that of growing up with a childhood being exposed to those kind of oh, yeah. terrifying stories mm-hmm. um yeah, Even sometimes. having your parents framing things. I know like 
you know, for me, I, I remember hearing stories. I don't really have a good memory of my childhood, which again, red flag, but I know, um, same here. Right? that's not good. Yeah. Um, but you know, my, my mom telling me like, oh, when you were like four, I remember like, or three or something. I remember you smiling and waving while we were sitting on the stairs and I was getting my keys out for the door and I was like oh who are you smiling at and you were like oh there's a man across the street and actually it was a demon so I explained to you that it was a demon and we had to pray for it to go away and I'm like and I'm Bill. she's retelling me this story but at three years old she's telling me that some imagine I mean, kids have imagination right you've got kids oh. like they're just like yeah. oh there's a man across the street and waving and I'm like, oh that's nice what's his name you know you engage it you play yes. with it it's actually a really helpful part of development in fact it's been proven kids with imagination uh, imaginary friends and things like that have better communication skills growing yeah. up and all sorts yeah. of different things yeah. you, you engage that you work with it yeah. no, no no you tell them it's a demon and they're out there to kill us all in our sleep you know it's like God, Jesus yeah. Christ mom um, and yeah. I love my mom you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, like no. it was just like that's, that's what they knew that's, you know, that's how they operate it's, yeah, but that's on a very just core psychological level that's probably quite harmful yeah. <laughs> compared to well, and, other options yeah and you you know you said that we're so many of us are living with the <laughs> the results of that and you know sometimes it's psychological but sometimes it's even physical because mm. i so in my family we didn't really have medical care we could afford it. It wasn't, that wasn't the problem or anything like that. It was just that my parents would pray over everything. They would cast out demons. If you had a fever, all this kind of stuff, you know, any spirit of infirmary, that was what my dad always used to say or infirmity. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, not spirit of the infirmary. <laughs> um, but you know, that has still played into me being a little bit fearful of doctors and modern medicine and stuff like that. And I have to actively fight it, especially since I have a son with a genetic condition that yeah, you know, requires a lot of medical care. But, you know, I mean, that, that all plays into the choices we make now, you know, and how we, I mean, honestly, like my son, when he had his stroke, he had been sick for several days. He had a stomach bug and I think that, and I'm not going to, you know, say, I'm not going to blame myself in that way. I think that most parents at that point would have said, oh, well, he needs to go to the doctor. Like this has been, mm. you know, several days he's been sick. He might be dehydrated. We don't know. But I was so just nervous about, still nervous about medicine and doctors and hospitals that I was like, oh, let's just wait it out. You know, and I think that that, I think part of that contributes to a lot more than we maybe see on the surface. I just think that that is, yeah. and I've heard that from a lot of uh, homeschool families that they were denied medical care really like, um, and we yeah. had, you know, it, it was never, thankfully, no one ever had anything that was so, you know, nobody had appendicitis or anything. We had dental care and all that stuff, but yeah, um, yeah that's a really weird aspect of it. I mean, when you get into that, that you get that far down into this environment where you really believe that you know, the power of God is more important than getting your medicine. And that, that happened with my mother. She had cancer and she mm. believed God was going to heal her. And she rejected a lot of medical care and she'd probably still be here if she had done it. But she, she was basically trying to prove something to my brothers who at the time were both like atheists. And, um, and she was like, I mean, she asked one of my brothers, she was like, well, if God healed me, you know, would you believe again? And he was like, I mean, probably mom, you know? And, uh, and he blames himself. He's like, oh gosh, I probably, gosh. and it's like, no, you know, that, that was, but all I'm saying is, I mean, that has real world yeah. repercussions. If you yeah. believe that, you know, the spirit of God is more important than you getting, you know, a bone marrow transplant. Yeah. It's dangerous as hell. Yeah. 
yeah. Well, I mean, like, and it's so common. We we need to wrap up soon as well. I'm aware of the yeah. time, but uh, yeah. we can get to any of the things that people wanted to talk about. But <laughs> sucks to be you guys. Uh, I had fun, <laughs> um, but you know, I'm just thinking of like a very prominent um, pastor that had serious um, cancer. I think it was, I think it was breast cancer. She had, but very seriously. And she publicly was like, you know, she's very well known as a health pastor and things like mm-hmm. that. And she's, she publicly was like, I'm not going to get treatment. Chemo's poison, blah, blah, blah. And she's, she went off and she spent probably millions, honestly, the, the places she was, she was uh-huh. like, oh, I'm in Spain doing this. And I'm in Mexico yeah. doing that because it's illegal yeah. in the US, um, yeah. you know, and doing all these different things that probably cost a fortune. And I'm yeah. going, see, it was fine. And I'm like, yeah, but you spent millions. Most people don't get to do that. No. And how many people are going to die because they're following your example? And actually, yeah. um, last I heard, the whole thing had come back. It's worse than ever. And, and I don't know. About, is it Bill Johnson's wife? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, I didn't so know. We can edit that. I, I, I always just try and avoid names anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exactly. Okay. It's Benny Johnson. Okay. Like, And yeah. she's well known for encouraging people to make bad decisions. She was yeah. well known for telling people not to wear masks and all sorts yeah. of different things. And so yeah. I have um, friends I know who've lost people to COVID yeah. who, who are. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a common truth. Right? They, they love to put it in the news, don't they? Oh, Senator yeah. who said this is now dead. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. And everyone goes, <laughs> and it's, awful, it's awful, right? These it's people awful. are totally. Um, delusional uh, yeah. and lost in a, in a system of belief. You know, I, I think of someone like Ben Johnson. I know Ben Johnson. I've made Christmas cookies in their house together mm. with them. You know I mean? I know these guys yeah. well. Like, I want nothing but for her to be well. Yeah. But I don't Absolutely. care whether it's, you know, some vitamin C sun treatment in Spain or chemo. I don't care. Like, I, yeah. I would want her to be well. But right, right. you can't avoid the fact that her being a such public figure with hundreds of thousands of people following her, millions of people. Oh, oh were, yeah, right. You know, probably. Right. Um, her speaking about these things in this way, that's human lives are going to be lost because of that. Yeah, you're and right. That's like, fuck, that's crazy, you know? It and, is. and no one means any harm by any of it. No. You can't say, oh, they've got a bad intention or they're evil people. Or, it's literally just lost in these systems of belief. The, the repercussions yeah. of believing these kind of things. No parent wants their kid to be ill, but no. some parents, based on those kind of beliefs, cause their children to be ill. Um, you know, I remember, and they look I don't know no, go ahead. You go. Did you read um, Tara? Is it Tara Westwood, the, the woman that wrote uh, uh, Is It Educated? It's a phenomenal book. Um, okay. It's a really good book. She was um, in a very extreme uh, Latter-day Saints cult. Okay. Um, but you're reading through this book and I don't believe in, in medic, uh, medicine at all on any Ooh. level. And like by the end of the book, like there's a family of like, I don't know, it's like 12 siblings or whatever. And by the end of it, half of them are like in severe like issues because of different healthcare that hasn't been taken care of. That almost <sighs> all of it with due care and attention or just not letting kids do things that kids shouldn't do. You know, there's all mm-hmm. sorts of different things that their yeah. faith basically yeah. caused so many of these people to have major issues. Oh. And you just go, guys, like, can we please? Yeah, that crosses the line. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah. really, really it, hard to watch. It, no. And it goes back to that, um, you know, the hedge of protection, removing the favor of God, because my mom up until the end, she was talking to pastors and church leaders. Like, what is it? What is the thing that I need to let go mm. of or repent of and all this stuff? Yes. You're just dying of cancer. It's not because you are holding a grudge in your heart and sinning against, I mean, for yeah. God's sake, like just something's just happen, you know, yeah. and get the care that you need when you, anyway, yeah. I could go yeah, on well, about that. My mom died of cancer as well. And, and yeah, I uh, specifically my, my dad and my sister really fucked up from it because they really believed God would heal her. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, they had the best of the best. They had the Bill Johnsons and the whoever else, you know, all these amazing healing people that, 
are great people again yeah. in a whole different world and system from me now um yeah. but they genuinely have repercussions of believing so much right through to the end even even after it these people are coming from like movements where it's like you know people get raised from the oh, dead and things like God. that or they believe that or they pray for that and stuff and you're just yeah. like this causes so much trauma like it really it's does. not healthy no. um and it's and it's a tough one right because it does become a thing of like hey people are free to believe what they believe but at what point do you go there's you're tiptoeing into this child abuse you're tiptoeing yeah. into these things and so these kind of components of like, well, I'm free to bring up my kids how I want, right? I don't have to have them educated by the state. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. And then yeah. it's like, and I don't have to have medicine. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're like, getting into, at yeah. certain points, right? Yeah. And everyone's going to have a different line. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's like the fight club, you know, everyone's going to have a different line on what's appropriate. But um, <laughs> at a certain that, point. If that's the right choice for you. You, you know? if you have a, you know, cathartic fight club. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's it's messy it's really messy look yeah. we are rapidly running out of time and i want to make sure you get back to your, your kids and your family um <laughs> but uh can you tell people how to connect with you you know is, is instagram kind of your main yeah. point of contact yes yes i'm on instagram most um, way too much um i'm deconstruction girl on instagram and you can find me on twitter at deconstruct girl um okay. twitter handles are shorter um yeah. So those are the two places. If you sent, shoot me a DM on uh, Instagram, I can usually reply. Um, Perfect. Uh, thank you so much. Honestly, I I'd be amazed if most of my people are probably already following you because like, like I post <laughs> your stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, really love what you do. I appreciate what you do. Um, and I, I think, I think it's just, you know, this is important work um, and it's important that we have more people doing uh, what you're doing. So yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having the time. We'll, we'll do another one and we'll, we'll maybe actually answer some people's questions that they asked for. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks yeah. so much for having me. This has been <laughs> awesome. Had a great time. All right, that was Deconstructing Girl. You can connect with her on Instagram. It's at Deconstructing Girl. On Twitter, it's Deconstruct Girl. Um, I'll put those links in the show notes. Um, do shoot her a message, DM her, comment on her stuff. Let her know that you love the podcast. Encourage her. It's always really, really encouraging to get a nice positive message after you've done something like a podcast or something like that. Um, you never know are people even listening and things like that. And so please, by all means, do shoot her a message and she would love that, I'm sure. Um, as I said earlier, um, check out the deconstructionnetwork.com if you're feeling lonely in this journey. It helps you connect with other people that are going through this deconstruction process almost 4,000 people around the world on there already and so um, it's very likely you'll be able to find someone local to where you are that's going through this process unless you live in a really obscure place um, but even then give it a shot you never know um, there's some people that are already out there in a lonesome uh, place in the middle of nowhere that need you to join um, and so do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com look out for our research stuff we've got coming up like I mentioned at the beginning if you want to support what I do that would make a huge difference to me and I really appreciate it it helps me pay the bills it helps me keep doing all this for free you can do that at, at patreon.com slash phil drysdale or phil drysdale.com slash partner um, and that is always really really appreciated uh, we'd love to have you on our online community we'd love to have you in the monthly zooms and the regular audio chats that we do um, it would be wonderful to get to know you more in that way and as always you know regardless of whether you support me or not I am here for you I want to support you I want to be there for you in any way I can and so shoot me a dm anytime on instagram that's how i communicate it's how i connect with people uh, if you don't have an account just set up a dummy account and shoot me a message i, I really don't mind um I, 
I want to be able to help you in any way I can. Um, and so I'm just at Phil Drysdale. So it's Instagram.com slash Phil Drysdale and you'll find me. All right. I love you all. It's been great to be back for a podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, shoot me a message. It's always great as well. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. Um, I think iTunes is the best place to leave reviews. That always helps bump uh, my stats and put me in front of more people, in front of more eyes. Um, and, and that's always a great way you can say thank you to me as well. Um, but I'll leave you here for now and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace, guys.